Hey there, it's Angie. And I'm Kat, and we are Beyond, Beyond the, the Door. Door. This podcast is an extension of the Purple Door, a nonprofit organization serving 12 counties within South Texas. Our mission is to empower the community and those affected by domestic violence and sexual assault to transition to a safe and healthy environment. We believe community accountability through education is at the heart of prevention. Quick disclaimer, this podcast will be discussing sensitive subjects. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. There may be explicit language geared toward a mature audience. Mm. By the end of the conversation, whatever conversation you're having. Everything. We're not, as Paul writes in the New Testament, we're not trying to control. We're not trying to make people do things. We're not trying to organize life so that what I think is loving for you is what you really know. We're not trying to get our own ends. All those ideas of love have to be the, the, the vibrating core of how we conduct ourselves with one another. Um, and that sometimes means that we conduct ourselves very gently in one conversation, mm-hmm. or we might conduct ourselves very forcefully in another conversation. Sure. Um, because we're trying to be in a place where we're holding one another. Not love that that, that blankets over it and kind of creates this gauzy fantasy. Sugarcoating. Everything's <laughs> yes. okay. Sure. Right. But love that Rose says... Rose-colored lenses. This is the way we are called to be as human beings, and we can't walk away from one another and at the same time, we can't manage and control and 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 take over people's lives. You said a key word there for sure, control. Absolutely, control. that is one that um, I think is a big a big one, especially for how people view what the church is trying to do and what the Bible is trying to do and what God yeah. is trying to do. And um, and I think that um, something also worth mentioning is especially so. Uh, going back to a little bit earlier, and I don't know, uh, you know, how much is going to have to be cut out and stuff and, and <laughs> whether or not I should or shouldn't address these things. At this point, I would just love to be having that conversation and we can go back to, you know, the essentials later. But I do think that it 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 would also be remiss to leave out the fact that um, viewing God as a father figure uh, can not only rub people the wrong way because of let's go for historical um male figures in general, right? It's still something that's being overcome, right? Is is the differences in male and female and and what males have done wrong and blah, 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 blah. And, (laughs) you know, and that's not even, that's leaving race completely out of it. You know what I mean? So um, then, so males in general, and then you have tacked on now the familial tie of father, which in the DVSA movement um, is pretty prevalent in uh, some people don't have father figures that they want to look to or can look to or you know what I mean like some some have that that traumatic experience um, preventing them from seeing God as a loving father when they see or or you know especially because so I that that's kind of why I um I guess go for the word creator, mostly because of my lack of understanding of anything at all. So, <laughs> so I'm like, God forbid I say father and, and put you off of, uh, believing in, in a life altering, you know, purpose. Um, but saying father can also be something that leads people to walk away because of the experience in the DVSA movement. Um, not necessarily <laughs> voluntary, Involvement in the movement, but um, experience rather. Like a trauma um, response. Yeah, absolutely, a trauma response, exactly. And so I think we would definitely to leave that out would be silly, and we would be missing something. Yeah, we got to talk about our language. 
Um, it is. It's. It yeah. goes back to language for sure. Absolutely. It's, but I also think it goes back to. I think it introduces experience, and it goes for, you know. Because it's not the first thing that well, some people hear is that God is love or you are love. or You know what I mean? That's not what people are told. Part of what we might want to connect to, though, is um, language has always included experience and memory. Okay, yes. Language yes. has always included our, our collective memory of what words mean. Mm-hmm. But also language has always been affected by our own personal intimate experience. Um, so if, there, if there's something I would maybe suggest to get into that conversation is... Mm-hmm. Uh, is to say this, um, it is the practice in, in, in the Episcopal Church, but also in many uh, we might, we might, what we might call mainline or contemporary um, religious conversations, um, to discuss how we talk about God with uh, with more generosity. Okay. Um, there's a, been an effort um, that has been um, called the inclusive language um, uh, movement um, to pay attention to the pronouns, um, for uh, and how, how we describe God, so be mm. attentive to our prayer life and our our, our liturgy life. Liturgy is the, the the worship service, the words that we put in our bulletins or in our worship services, mm-hmm. uh, and be attentive to the ways in which we might um, allow for broad general, broader conversations about who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say Father, is there another word that might work there mm. um, that helps? Um, as far as you guys addressing that, so we I are. See. Yeah, okay. we are. We we seek to do that. Um, I I live inside the container of the Episcopal Church, sure. and in that container we have some fixed liturgies. We mm-hmm. have we're called a liturgical church that that has a um, a regularized liturgy that mm-hmm. the church um, has us do. So some of those boundaries are. Um, unfortunately, um, and I would be, I'm very honest in saying, unfortunately, very fixed mm-hmm. in what I can do in the public liturgy. Sure. But when I craft prayers and when I preach particularly, I'm very mindful of that personally, and most preachers that I know are, okay. um, and attend to that very carefully. Nice. Um, and here's why that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it ma- it's huge why it's, it matters. So, so I mean, just, this is a frustration. So this is, this is, this is me. Um, More emails. What we'll say is... <laughs> Uh, I'll hear complaints saying all this, all this, all this modern complaining about inclusive language, and that—that's not modern. Mm. No. From the beginning of humanity, from the beginning of all of this, we have wrestled with language. Yeah. And we have wrestled with the implications that our words have for how we think and act and sure. and understand. Yeah. Particularly a language for God. Mm. There are. Uh, I, I wish I was a better Bible scholar. There are multiple names for God in the Hebrew Scriptures. Oh yeah, many of which are feminine, many of which are gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's this idea of God. There's Elohim. There's Adonai. There's El Shaddai. There's, there's 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 all these wonderful, great big words and ideas for God. God is spirit. God is wind. Mm. Um, God is the voice out of a cave, uh, voice voice speaking into a cave out of the thunder, um, in the, uh, to the prophet who's hiding from from the battle. I mean, there is just there, there and so the, so the writers of the, of these of these wonderful stories mm. were not univocal when it came to how they discuss or talk word. about God. <laughs> they spoke with many voices, mm. yeah. and those voices are collected in that wonderful, diverse collection of stories that we call the Bible. Yeah. And at sometimes they're at 
odds with one another and right. how they describe God. God sometimes is very distant and sometimes God is very close. Yeah. And sometimes God is described as a mother hen gathering up or or or, or an eagle lifting up. Mm-hmm. All of these ideas of who God is. So I, I really get weary of, of of the concern that people have about language. Language yeah. and is it too trendy? Are we trying to be too politically correct? No we're not. We're just doing what human beings have always done. Yeah. As we say, that word's not working anymore. Finding ways to Find love. Like yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Find that ways to connect. Basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so then what I tell people is when it comes to talking about God, use the words that work. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to find your own words. Anyway. The church is always going to have a container sure. of words. Sure. But the church is not the boundary of your spirituality. Sure. And if it is, you're doing box. it wrong. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if the church defines the very edges of your spirituality, you're doing mm-hmm. your spirituality wrong. Let me just say that really clearly, mm-hmm. that we are meant as human beings to go beyond whatever confines the church. The church is there to be a springboard or the communities of faith are there to be a spring for us, springboard for us to go into this world mm-hmm. and discover all of it. And said, then then use the language that works. So yeah, if if creator works, use creator. However, I would caution, maybe try to go beyond, go somewhere else with creator. So maybe sure. maybe in your as you're thinking about life and go, yeah, creator's good, creator's good. Yeah, it's kind of flat today. What else is there? <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Um, Not working today. today. Yeah, you know, um, God, God is the is the soda fountain person who makes me a soft drink that'd be really mm, great sure. or god is god is my grandmother uh when i'm sick mm. um who rubs my back um god, god is my favorite aunt who is coming down the road mm. after being away for a long time and i know she's going to bring me something special let's think let's just see how all that poetic ideas change because language is the problem but it's the solution as well yeah well, it's- it is the solution and I, I think it is. We're always going to, yeah, as human beings, we're always going to language something. Yeah. Well, and you, you had mentioned uh, language is, because I kind of tried to differentiate experience versus language, and it's right. like, but you can't. And I love that you said that, actually, because it's true. I remember fretting when I found out that they were starting to input uh, slang terms into Merriam-Webster Dictionary. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's that word's no longer working here's what we're here's work here's what's working now and it, and it, i mean how did merriam webster dictionary come up in the first place you know you found you were you defined what was working in that moment and then you, yeah you you got to make changes you got to grow you got to you know yeah i agree in your experience <laughs> is it more a male or female partner that seeks help yeah and and i um and in my particular experience, um, it has been um, more often the um, female partner, um, and often if there is also help, I've spent a lot of time working with young people, mm. um, and um, I would say when it comes to young people, it's 50-50 mm-hmm. in sure. my experience. Young people are bold. Yeah. Yes, and young people are very, very, all human beings are very clever. So there's mm, the story, then sure. there's the real story. Oh, sure. So that's one <laughs> yeah. of the things as well is there's, yeah. there's, the, there's the story of, of, of violence in the home. Mm. Um, and sometimes you'll hear that as a pastor in a, in a community gathering with young people. Um, but then also well, sometimes what, what will help is to say, yeah, and tell, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. What's, what's going on? Yeah. And then we might 
and, and oftentimes what will happen, and this is a practice that I would recommend to anybody, uh, whenever you hear a story of, of uh, violence or, um, or, and I would also really recommend we pay attention to psychological violence mm-hmm. control. Absolutely, um, definitely, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's like the one that doesn't get as much attention. It does, unfortunately. Yeah, psychological abuse is insane. Yeah. So then one way to enter into that is... Um, that I found helpful is is to say, huh, yeah, and just leave the space and see Ooh. where a person takes that. Yeah. That's a good one. And then also, I guess what I would then, what I'm trying to say is, if you're ever in a community where you have that, you think you're having that conversation, clear your schedule mm-hmm. for the next yeah. hour. Absolutely. And slow down. Mm. Because if a person is sharing with you something, what they're taking is they're probably one of the greatest risks they've ever taken in their life mm-hmm. because often when it's young people or any and any spousal relationship the pattern is human beings other human beings are unreliable mm-hmm. um, and often other human beings are violent when i share my deepest self sure. so if somebody is is willing to reach out to you as another human being whether it's because you work uh, for the purple door or whether it's because you have a collar on recognize the tremendous risk that 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 person is taking uh, to go against their own what they think is their own self-interest they they know they're putting themselves in a potentially violent situation or that's their belief Mm -hmm. so then slow it way down Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and i have to tell myself because you can tell i like words and i use a lot of words i really believe that if you preach a 20 minute sermon if you preach a 10 minute sermon when you could have preached a 20 minute sermon you really haven't really done anything I, I kind of believe that more words is better, which is my own fault. I have to still tell myself to stop talking mm-hmm. and just listen and let that happen. I have definitely been, uh, as of late, more intentional about the the getting to the part where I say stop talking. That, that's hard. <laughs> but but uh, uh, taking myself out of the... Well, it's so I'm I'm introducing it into parenting for sure, but I'm trying to introduce it as well to when people are being vulnerable, when people are sharing, when people are just I mean, they just want to talk and they're talking about hard things or whatever it is asking, um, you know, when they've shared asking, how can I best support you right now? Is there something great question? is, Is there something that you need? Do you just need to talk about this? Do you want something to happen? Are you looking mm-hmm. for solutions? Are you just looking to have someone to share with mm-hmm. and have to, you, you know? So I, I'm trying really hard to get there. <laughs> but, <laughs> and like when some, God forbid, somebody says I don't know, and then I'm like, what do, do you, you want me to share something? Do you want me to give you advice? Do you want me to not give you? Would that make it worse? Like, Why, like do you need a hug? <laughs> what can, can I hug you? Would you like me to sit a safe distance from you? <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> like, so yeah, that, that's I, I have been kind of uh, starting there, but I, I do love and have noticed actually when you said that um, I have noticed a lot of people I consider to be wise in my life when I have shared things that I've been going through. Did the huh? Okay method and it's like I, I almost wanted to be upset with them because I'm like did you hear what I said and it's like 
But it did allow me the space. Yeah, like you end up still continuing. Oh yeah, yeah. It it did allow me the space, and I I've never felt more listened to. And gosh, I mean, and and then this is actually my stepdad. He's pretty incredible. Um, but by the end of the conversation, he won't even like. It, he does it so well, and I notice that he does it. But he does it so well that it's like. You kind of almost just like melt into the conversation. <laughs> You're like, this has been really great. But all he does at the end is just like very lovingly express what I just said. Essentially, what I heard was blah. And then sounds like you're sounds like you're doing great. Sounds like you're trying. Sounds like you're, you know, like sa- and just like reinforcement and going back to that love part, right? Ending a conversation in in with the love that God has intended to show. So I think I think those are really good methods. That's awesome. Well, think about how we would be as a community if we um, develop those skills, if we all develop those skills right. and, that, and that willingness. Mm-hmm. So then what would that be like when we go to a, a Whataburger or a Dairy Queen yeah. mm. and, we, and we it's late at night and you got some time and you, you just walk up to the counter and say, hi, you know, and see what happens. Yeah. When yeah. someone says hi, instead of them saying, instead of being this transactional relationship, we sure. recognize that all human beings are of, in, of of infinite importance, and all human beings are on the same journey, same struggle, mm. and then we regard all human beings as as part of this divine, loving, dancing, um, quantum level awesomeness that 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 is unfolding in front of us. So then, every encounter is an opportunity uh, for something beautiful to happen, mm. um, or not. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. But I think there's but beauty that, in the mundane. Well, that beautiful availability to that. And sure. I think maybe that would be something that I would suggest as a, as a pattern that I see um, uh, expressed in the Jesus path as well, is mm. the availability to that. Mm. Again, not living every conversation. Somebody once said, um, um, priestly earnest with these encouraging clucking noises or something like that, that you kind of, oh, every conversation is this, oh, this priest is now here and oh my, you know. And by the way, there's nothing more interesting than wearing a collar on the plane because um, <laughs> I do wear a priest collar and that just invites somebody to say Absolutely. all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. And, but at the same time, um, I, I have to remind myself that's, that I'm a whole human being as well. Mm. So, so I can say, say, yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. Okay, I, I really need to read this book right now and I've just got to put some headphones on. Is that cool? And if that person can recognize those boundaries, then we've done each other a kindness. Mm-hmm. Or I've given myself and you've given yourself. It sounds hyper-idealistic, but I'm an idealist. I really am. And I really believe that when it comes to, I see the next question here, um, how like uh, the Purple Door can be a referral service for that. Yeah. That's what we're doing for one another. Yeah, absolutely. Is that mutuality, mm-hmm. that you all care deeply about what you're doing here. Mm. And we need you to, we as the people who don't share this vocation of working mm. in this agency. Sure. So we need you to care deeply and we need to support you to do that very well. And we need to be fluent in what you offer to the community mm. so that we can help one another do our work together. Yeah. Um, mutual and, and mutuality. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we're living in a, a better, a more whole community. Um, yeah. I feel like you just said another Christian East term. Like the or actual phrase, really. That's the good news. That's the good news. <laughs> that's I know. <laughs> that's very As soon as you said it, I was like... <laughs> It just like it like brings you back to that place automatically. I'll even say this because those Christianese we talked before the interview about Christianese language um, that there is some language like that. But the good news that Jesus brings this mm-hmm. is really important. The good news that Jesus brings 
was that he says the kingdom of God or God again kingdom that's another trigger word so let's sure. let's recognize that word mm-hmm. meant something back then mm-hmm. let's find another word that helps the 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 vibrating protective presence of God mm-hmm. is right here yeah the enfolding and folding all of it in its warm embrace in God's warm embrace presence of God is right here God he said that all the time the kingdom of God is right here mm. that's the good news what has often been said by many religious leaders, particularly in Christianity, is the good news is that when you die, you get to go to heaven. And Jesus actually, maybe he said something about heaven a few times, but he didn't talk that way. Mm-hmm. He talked about it being right here. Mm-hmm. So in this moment right here, mm-hmm. this is all that matters. He did talk about um, bringing heaven to earth. The, the will, The will, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, yeah. 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 I think I think when he did mention heaven, it was usually... Yeah, yeah. He, and, and a few times that he talks about heaven, he, he one time he says, um, it's um, like what happens after you die. He says, like, if you make life burdensome for some, for some of these little ones, it'd be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck. And or you were not. thrown into the sea. Yeah, so he when he talked about heaven, it was often in terms of this justice thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Where it's like, listen, you got to take care of each other. Yeah, so. Yeah, which is crazy because uh, we've we just had a conversation yesterday with Kathy, the the one of the members of the DV task force in Kingsville. Mm. Um, and she had mentioned, uh, the justice system not being, it's not a judicial system. It is a legal system. And boy, oh boy, I was like, I have never heard something so true. That's a whole (laughs) other conversation. That is a whole other conversation. (laughs) But it, I just, when you bring up the ultimate justice, right? It's something that we uh, intend to bring here. And I mean, even, you know, biblically, it talks about the judges of the world being the ones who they've they have so much power in their hands and God forbid they use it in the wrong way. And here we are struggling systemically in so many areas. It's not just racism. It's not just DVNSA. It's not just I mean, if you need the system, tell me when the system has come through for you. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. It's a great story of of the, 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 the biblical narrative is a great story of systems breaking down. Sure. Um, so let's just be clear. Um, yeah. Uh, there are very few wins when mm. it comes to large bureaucratic systems yeah. in, the, in the biblical narrative. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't systems there that can do well. Sure. It's when they go away from the from the system mm-hmm. um, that, that, that God's love or the divine love has called forth out of us. Exactly. Um, we're always in peril of that. So yeah. um, that's a big piece. Yeah. Um, and, and another great big piece of that, too, is that there is a resistance a, a vibrating, repeated narrative of God's justice, mm. um, and it is very clear that divine justice is not for humanity to claim control of, right. but it is for humanity to seek. Mm. So we're we're not we're not mute, uh, and we're not um, uh, we're, we're not um, uh, uh, um, powerless sure. when it comes to seeking justice. Um, we're, we're not impotent when it comes to, to bringing in justice in the world. We're actually mm. called to pursue it and to seek it yeah. and in great and small ways make justice known. I will also say this. When you, you mentioned judges, um, I would be very remiss if I didn't say, um, um, let's make sure that when we're reading the scriptures, we're always interpreting. And yeah. I think that's a very important as well. Yeah. Um, there is a conversation among um, 
um, various groups of Christianity about the Bible and how to read the Bible. Um, and I am, as I said, an Episcopalian and Anglican, mm-hmm. and we interpret the scriptures. We don't believe that there's a plain meaning of scripture. Mm. Um, and I would suggest, and again, send me an email, uh, I would suggest <laughs> that the church has never said that the scriptures have a plain meaning. Part of the work of the church is to interpret and always reinterpret. Yes. We're always called to be interpreting scripture. Sure. There is no univocal, um, a single, single-voiced way of saying this is what the Bible says. No. But the minute somebody says this is what the Bible says, I would say, and the Bible also says, and what about this? And you know when the Bible says this. So it's important to remember that when we talk about judges and how to ordering of the systems, that's in a, that's in a particular context in the history of Israel. Absolutely. Pay attention to that context. And does that context apply to today? Yeah. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. I'm very skeptical when I see the church mm. getting and religious communities getting involved with um, with um, what we would call empire. The, the one way of saying it is the cross and the empire mm. um, or the cross and the crown. And when I see cross and crown collude, mm-hmm. um, it's just a, that's a warning sign. I sure. would be very very skeptical about that. Mm. Um, and I really do believe that, that the, a legal system of a country is different from the just-making work of its people. Sure. And the just-making work of its people really has to be administered and, and, and taught and encouraged by communities that are committed to that justice. Yeah. And I believe the churches can be that part of it. You, that's a really, first of all, it's a really great point. And I just, (laughs) I remember how much of a baby Christian I am when I hear, when I listen to you speak, it's pretty fantastic. Um, Because I I really, uh, I really do love being reminded that um, I don't know anything. But (laughs) truly, that's a personal thing. I really do. do. I I love, none of us know anything. Oh, but I love to admit it. Other people, other people are very like. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Right, you're wrong. It's it's just very. Um, I have the the more you learn, the more you recognize how much you don't know, and the more you don't want to know, and it's just like it goes into this whole thing of just it's crazy. So. I mean, the older I get, the more I look at people who are presenting, like, uh, quote-unquote factual evidence, and, and I'm like, but that could change in, like, less than a year. Right. What you're yeah. saying is, what you're presenting as a fact could change. And I love that you are mentioning that, um, you know, the Bible is to be interpreted, and I, I that's that's really nice. Um, but what I wanted to, and I don't know if, you know, if you want to go into this, or if we should, or whatever, but <laughs> the one thing about me is, if there's a question, I'm going to ask it. So, my question is, um, a big part of what I have experienced personally, and I don't know how many people can relate to this, and, and I don't know that it, it is not meant to, I, I hope that it is clear that, you know, anytime that I'm asking a question, it's never meant to point fingers, or it's mostly meant for, you know, understanding. And I, I understand that there are a lot of different interpretations and lots of different ways to understand different things. So, um, just to preface that, but to ask and say that most of my experience in the church and the reason that I almost sometimes felt guilty for being in a movement like this, because it was a lot of the times what I was hearing is, um, keep your peace. I don't know if that, um, rings a bell for protect your peace, protect your peace. As far as the Christianese goes is, is, um, 
and and that's something that I also struggle in, with in my personal life is something along the lines of like because because we could go back again biblically and say and, there, and you said it perfectly as well is like the Bible explains the Bible right you can't it, there are differing things of like. So on one end it says, if you could be a peacekeeper, if there's a possibility to be a peacekeeper, do that. You know, on another end, it's like, tell the truth in love. Call out, you know, call, well, it's not call out, really, I would call it more of a call in, but um, to say, like, when things are going wrong, when you see something going wrong, say something. And then there's also, you have a log in your own eye, quit pointing out the speck in other people. And so it it's like this big differing thing of... How do you address injustices and, you know, something along these the lines of this movement, especially, you know, keeping it relevant? Um, how do you address those things and, and I guess, um, present that in not only just, not only Christianity. I don't think that it's just a Christianity problem. I think that in a religious atmosphere, it is generally, if you can keep the peace, you can do that. And, and you know, and, and people tend to um, stiffen up a little bit when you bring up issues and something that especially they may have, you know, allowed to, you know, what I mean? it's, it's a, it's a touchy situation and it's, I'm not sure how you would, I guess describe how to navigate that within the faith faith based community. Yeah, I, um, um, does that well, make sense? Yeah. So, okay. so well, <laughs> sometimes I'm confusing. So let me know. let me peel a little bit of that onion, and it's sure. a beautiful onion. Um, let me peel a bit of it, um, which is um, I think what the onion is is how do we um, have uh, difficult conversations mm-hmm. where we might deeply disagree. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the other part of the onion is how do we live in community Mm. and disagree with one another about things that we really, really hold very close to us. Sure. Is that that part of what you're saying? That's a great way to... That's exactly it. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, yes, So, like I said, um, that is a a big big thing to kind of peel open and and open that question. Um, Here, here's how I might begin to say that yeah even just a so i I might say this um it's not my understanding that the community of faith is intended to be a place for people who agree with one another okay yeah and when we promise that Mm -hmm. we've we've over promised and we've created something else Mm -hmm. um a, a a community of faith whether it's a parish or a collection of parishes, mm-hmm. um, throughout history, and really throughout the, the experience of the, of, the, of the Christian Church, has understood has understood that um, that that difference mm-hmm. and argument um, are part of it. Mm. Um, we as Christianity have a troubled history with argument, um, and I might confess that the Christian story mm. um, has not been very tolerant of difference, depending on the time. Mm. So I, I say this as a Christian and as a priest in the Christian Church, recognizing that my own story, the own legacy of Christianity, um, has not treated those who disagree and about very serious matters. Um, that has not treated them well. Mm. Um, and that's something that I think the church has to confess. Um, all, all one needs to do is look at the arguments in the early church about the nature of the Trinity, um, look at the questions in the church around the time of the, of the Protestant Reformation. Um, there's one point, uh, I forget who it was, um, 
someone can shoot this out to me, but there was a, there was a, a, a supposed heretic um, who was um, uh, burned at the stake and then buried. And then later on, the church felt so vehemently about, actually, no, they, were, they died and were buried. I forget how it worked out. But then somehow there was a heresy trial later on where they, and where they convicted the guy of heresy. They dug the dude back up, burned his bones, and threw him in a river. It's like, we're going to get you. Like that, that's, that's how the church has operated for a time with people who disagree. And right? once again, you could go back and it it's goes, goes back to the beginning of this conversation. So, so here's, a, here's a piece that I think is, is important for us is to say um, we, we might want to uh, go as people of faith to other faith communities mm-hmm. as our teachers. Absolutely. Um, I have been very strengthened by being um, uh, close to and present with the, the Jewish community here mm. in Corpus Christi. Um, and um, the rabbi and I teach from time to time Old Testament together. Um, and we go to um, uh, to the congregation and uh, have a, th- a three-week series. And one of those days, um, there were these tremendous arguments that came around about uh, among the Jewish community with three separate in- interpretations that were actually very passionately expressed. Mm. Um, and then, um, and I was sitting there going, I, I was just sitting in the room going, oh boy, here's one of those things. There's gonna, Someone's going to leave a room. Someone's going to mm. throw a book down. Someone's going to accuse somebody of being wrong. Someone's going to bring in the H word, heresy, mm. um, and then this is going to go sideways. Um, and they argued passionately and very, very learnedly. Mm. And then at one point, somebody that, somebody said something in, um, in Jewish or Yiddish, I'm not quite sure, and they all laughed and carried on. <laughs> so then I asked the rabbi, Rabbi Elon Emanuel, afterwards, so what was that about? Because, man, when Christians disagree like that, we don't get over it. We, we, we tend to hold that stuff deep. Um, and he said, argument is, is the heart of our faith tradition. That's how we get on with, with who God is. That's how we get on with our life together is argue. Um, is that what they said? Yeah, that's what, he, that's what the rabbi said. His, one of his favorite lines is, where there are, when there are two Jewish people together, there are three arguments. <laughs> um, and I thought, my goodness, what does it mean to have a faith? And so then I started thinking about that, and I went back and started reading the Old Testament. That's and there's all these arguments. Beautiful. Job is arguing. Sure. Moses is arguing. Abraham is arguing. All these great heroes of the stories of the Hebrew Scriptures are arguing with one another, arguing with God. I mean, not even arguing with one another, arguing with God, like mm-hmm. contesting, mm-hmm. working that stuff out. Listen to David and listen to the Psalms. David is having bad day after bad day. Oh. And get, David isn't just angry at the enemies david is angry at god mm-hmm. and having it out so then when that becomes part of your context of how we have a relationship with the divine sure. maybe we can have a more charitable relationship with one another and recognize that disagreement is part of it mm. yeah. um, so i i would say that we need to do better in our christian communities um disagreeing with one another that's um, a good one and we um, need to learn how to argue well mm. um, and also then um, to, to confess a bit of our legacy, mm. that when we throw words like heresy, mm. when we throw words like um, um, your, we throw terms like you're leading people down the, um, down the, the primrose path to, uh, to perdition, um, those are some phrases that might come up. We need to recognize that when the church has spoken that way, we've not been at our best. We've been at our very, very worst. Mm. Um, and that might help us in our faith community have different conversations and talk a different way. Learning how to disagree with one another and stay in communion with one another, mm. that's huge. Agreed. Right? I agree. Wow, that was a great, that was a great answer. So, so that's the beginning place. Now, sure. the, the path to doing that, by the way, mm-hmm. is if we're going to peel that open again, mm-hmm. the path to doing that is often talked about. 
Mm. But, not, but it's very hard to practice it. It's sure. very hard to practice it. Oh, it is. So there well, are on some... the flip side as well, though, especially with people who have had negative experiences yeah. with the church, or, I mean, right. outside of the church, really, with arguing, I would so say. There are, some, there are some wonderful efforts by some people, again, in, in, in Christian communities. I would, I would recommend people look up the Kaleidoscope Institute, um, which is a group out of uh, um, the West Coast, San Francisco, L.A., I think Diocese of Los Angeles, um, and the teachings of Eric Law. Um, and he does a lot of work on reconciliation work, particular, particularly racial reconciliation, but also reconciliation among um, um, troubled conversations and people mm. who have been um, distanced from one another. That's and there's really some there's cool. some tools about how to listen. Sure. And there literally are some practices we can adopt around a table how we can listen to difficult conversations and regard one another. And it does take an effort. Again, I think that's sure. what the faith community really needs to be about. I think. I think. I mean, truly everyone, but keeping it relevant. Yes, absolutely, the faith community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, dating members of the LGBTQIA. Plus, <laughs> I call it alphabet mafia. Uh, community feel safe coming forward to leaders in the faith community. Do I think they feel safe yeah. coming forward to leaders in the faith community? Do I really need to answer that? Mm. No. Yeah. If you're a member of the LGBTQIA community, um, you probably have every reason to grow up um, deeply distrustful mm. of um, particularly religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd recommend watching the movie Spotlight, by the way. Um, which is about the um, uh, the um, cases of of misconduct um, in the Boston Archdiocese mm. um, that were covered up by the, by the Archbishop there, um, and that's not to say oh the Catholic Church and, and sure. sexual abuse of children. Sure. Um, that is to say, religious life has done that mm-hmm. has has turned a blind eye willingly and has not been an ally in many of these conversations whether it comes to abuse or whether it comes to identity of humanity or whether it comes to we have we have a, a checkered history mm. of, of embracing difference I do think that there are safe and inclusive religious communities um, that are are very very loving and encouraging and welcoming of people of all humanity and its multiple expressions I think there are increasingly more faith communities um, in my own experience in the Episcopal Church, there are more and more churches that are being very clear in saying um, that we are an inclusive and welcoming congregation. All Saints, I'm proud to say, is one of those and has been for a long, 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 long time, long before I got there, 25, mm. 30 years ago, All Saints was being an, an inclusive and welcoming community. Um, that. And that's not to toot our own horn, but that's to say that um, maybe a little bit tooting our own horn. <laughs> um, but, but also to, to say that, that there have been faithful people trying to create space uh, and, and refuge for mm. all kinds and sorts of conditions of human beings who find yeah. it difficult to live within a safe and inclusive environment. Mm. Um, so we, we, are, um, uh, we are one of those churches, but there, there are others in Corpus Christi that are welcoming and inclusive mm. congregations. Yeah. Um, I have no fantasy that anybody who comes from... Um, Anybody that I'm just let me say this as a priest, I fully expect that anybody who comes to church has has woundedness mm. often inflicted upon them by religious trauma um, yeah. or by religious experiences. Sure. Um, so that's part of what we try to know as we welcome people, and that's part of what I try to know as a pastor, welcoming people. Um, and it's um, it saddens me deeply. There is a whole other conversation that can take an hour or two. Let's talk more about. Um, <laughs> 
All I'm saying is I'm trying to schedule another talk with you. <laughs> but there's a whole conversation about um, LGBTQ issues, and um, yeah. we mm-hmm. are a very open church. And we have uh, what, what churches can do if they want to be intentionally um, is they can call, they can talk to the Coastal Bend Wellness Foundation and and do um, the safe um, the safe space training, um, and they can have that. a community of people as we did mm-hmm. um, gather and say how do we create a safe space? How do we create a safe church? Um, and how do we be, come forward with that? So we mm-hmm. um, and other faith communities walk in the pride parade and we hand out cards and people intentionally telling people that we're a safe and welcoming community um, and that we really do seek to embrace all humanity in the many ways that humanity expresses love. Um, I know that when I talk this way, um, that's not how the church talked 50 years ago. Yeah. Sure. Um, that's part of recognizing that we need to grow and learn and understand that the spirit might be moving in a different way. We might have known something 150 years ago that we thought was absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And we might then have to be have to recognize that the reason we got to that place maybe was flawed. Mm-hmm. And we need to confess that. Um, and we need to do our best to reconcile the damage um, by that flawed theology and flawed knowledge of, of yesteryear. There was a time when the church in North America was one of the, particularly the Episcopal Church, one of the chief, chief proponents of the slave trade. Mm. Um, we have to reckon with that. We have to confess that. We have to acknowledge our complicity in that and divest ourselves of what we've received by that ill-gotten gain. Um, and then we need to create intentional ways of, of correcting that flawed theology and the, and the effect that has had generationally um, mm. in our communities. Because I know that we're a very white church in the Episcopal Church. Mm. Um, and that has a, a legacy that we need to recognize. And that's not because... Um, we, I want to grow the church is because we need to present our very best selves and pre- and share the good news of God's love in the very best way we know we can. Mm. Um, and if that means making intentional efforts to reach people that have been historically disenfranchised, yeah, let's do it. We've got to do that. That's really cool to hear you yeah. say. And I, it, I'm sure that, you know, that a lot of people will find comfort in that. I know that it, you know, you mentioned distrust and I definitely think there will be people that are hesitant and that are like, yeah. are you sure? Um, but, but I do. Yeah, no, I love that you say that, but, and so you also mentioned something, um, in saying, you know, 50 years ago, it wasn't like this. It's, I think, I think it's also important to recognize that, um, and, and 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 harder to recognize that it's not just fifty years ago. No, it's not. It's right now. No. Yeah, it's right, it's right now. now. And it's not necessarily Episcopal Church. And I'm, no. I, I would never. I'm. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I have no intention of being like it's right here. It's everywhere. Yeah, and it's it happening right now. And I do. I think that. I think one of the most important ways to change that is to be just one person or just one church or just one organization or whatever it is coming out and saying, Hey, that was an issue. We're going to work on ways to, and it's, it's hard and it's, um, gosh, it's, it's, I mean, it's a big, it's a huge step, right? Uh, comfort zones are, are not, especially, I mean, it, that's another Christianese thing is like, you know, comfort zones and how to get out of them. And <laughs> that's like asking, how can we help? How? Yeah. How do we help in that? Get more involved. Like, don't. I don't know. It's like. Oh, them asking. Yeah. How to get other communities? Like other, like okay, how can we help you? How can we show that we support you? What can we do? Just like how you guys said, how can we help? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
I agree. Absolutely. I think that was and the... And I think it's so hard for other, like, religions to do that. Or, like, churches that are still kind of figuring out how to be more open-minded. And that goes back to those language problems, I think. And that goes back... I mean, really, it's just all... Yeah. <laughs> it's just all-encompassing of... The difficult conversations, all, and, and then why those conversations are difficult, and really like finding the root of something, and like get, being willing to get your hands dirty while you're digging down, and you're going past all of these like really difficult, and you might hit some spikes, and you might hit, some, you know what I mean? Like there might be a landmine that you got to be really careful, and you're like, we gotta disengage that first before we can go any further right. down, and you know what I mean? And it's so I because it, so it's dedication, it's 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 hard work, and you you have mentioned that. And you've you've been very it's it's really cool to see someone and hear someone be very consistently dedicated to truth, um, finding not just compromise, but ways to work together and talking about like the love of each other and community and working together. And it's just I don't know, it's been really cool for me. But well, I think if there's a place that we have gotten to, um and here, here, this might be an appropriate landing spot. Is um, the church, churches, mm-hmm. religious groups, sure. fall prey to the same thing that every institution does, sure. which is very quickly after an institution is established, mm-hmm. the work of the church or the work of the institution becomes defending and protecting the institution. Mm. Okay, that, and that happens just that, that's part of our humanity that sure. we do that over and over again, whether it's a school, library, um, is that our, that our number one job is then to protect it. Mm-hmm. The Purple Door. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, right. One of your big things is, that I'm sure, as an employee here, is to, is to do good work to, to protect and strengthen this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, what that can lead to, if we're not careful, particularly in the religious community, um, is that we are more interested in protecting the status quo mm. than being open to the questions that might challenge how we got to that status quo. Sure. And I think that's a very difficult thing for leaders and religious communities to do. Sure. Um, and it is absolutely required that we do. And there's a reason, I think, why um, Jesus of Nazareth did not have a, a huge gathering um, of core, core community members. Mm. He had thousands of people around him at times, mm-hmm. but in terms of the people that were his real core group, it was a very small, and they left him, um, the story goes, when things got really, really rough uh, in his last days, um, which is that the path of self-surrender that he was advocating was a systemic, institutional path of self-surrender, mm. that we empty ourselves for the strengthening of a humanity. We empty ourselves uh, to express love in its fullest possible way. Mm. And it's very hard for institutions to do that. Mm-hmm. So I would say to anybody who has a, 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 a well-earned um, suspicion and grudge against the church or any institution, yeah, you're probably right. Mm. You've probably been wronged. Um, and probably that's part of what institutions do. Um, and then what that means is those people in the institution need to have some humility sure. we need to reckon with the truth about that mm-hmm. um, and we also need to ask for forgiveness mm. um, and also we also need to recognize that all humanity um, participates in some way in that pattern of institutionalization mm. um, and we always all of us need to be con- willing to confess um, the, um, the ways in which we 
um, together coalesce into groups that can do damage to one another. We might not even know it. Yeah. Um, that's not to live. Again, it, it, it's it's been claimed by many in common conversations that that's being woke or that's being something. I don't know that that has a label that I'm satisfied with. It's, this is not about being um, any kind of um, human being other than what I believe our fullest expression of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really w- where we have to have to work very diff- very hard. And it is hard work. It, we have to we have to do it every day. Boy, well, I think I think you're right. I think that was a great place to land because um, it, it kind of wraps up the last question too. So I think that was great. Um, holy moly! I don't know about you, but I enjoyed the conversation. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I know it's quiet, but I just enjoyed listening. I know. <laughs> and I was just like, and then? <laughs> I know. That's what I say. Like, when you just feel like you could just, like, melt into the conversation, yeah. you're like, go on. <laughs> well, I'm I very, just... very grateful. And um, So and, are we. Yeah, it was Thank great. you. There are many great people to talk to in the religious community in town. I, I, I'd, I'd love to. I look forward to hearing more about who you talk to next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very exciting. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for joining so much. us. Thank you. You are awesome. I'm crazy about the work you do here. Um, I'm saddened by the need to do this work. Unfortunately, um, yeah. and one of the things that um, you know that I pray for mm. um, is that we can live in a humanity um, where we are um, uh, we we don't need special organizations um, to protect people um, and to give people shelter in the midst of violent systems in their home and in their communities. Um, I really want a day when we don't do that, and I also know um, that that for day's him. not here yet. Sure. So let's yeah. work together. Um, yeah, and uh, let's keep doing this good work. I agree. And I definitely, you had mentioned just to the one last thing you had mentioned that, um, you know, institutions are about protecting and and growing and success. I think one of the main things that our goal at the purple door and especially Fran is so good at, uh, promoting is that we don't want to have jobs <laughs> we don't want to have jobs here actually Wouldn't that be great? we do, <laughs> we do not want to have to do this because yes it is an issue yeah. and, and we don't we don't want to have to have these specialized yep. organizations to do that so yes we're together find a way that to to unite the community and was it a united community is a safe community yeah and vice versa in a safe community amen love that all right. Cool. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Purple Door provides free services to anyone who has experienced domestic or sexual violence at any point in their life. We also have a 24-7 hotline that you can reach out to with any questions at any time. And those numbers are 1-800-580-4878 or 361-881-8888. If you are interested in volunteering or have questions about donating, please visit our website at purpledoortx.org. Remember, a unified community is a safe community. See you See next time. time. Bye. Bye.